G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we check in with the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan Flynn is Deputy Director of the ACL. Dan's joining us. Hi, Dan. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be here. (laughs) Heavy stuff to talk about today. So let's start with something a little lighter because as you have got this initiative going right now, a half a million copies of the Gospel of Luke to be distributed to Australian homes before Christmas. How's that campaign going? It's going well. Neil, we've made a start on the weekend. We had over 4,000 people uh, distributing the Gospels of Luke. Uh, So we've distributed about 380,000 of the half a million. Uh, So at stalls right across the country, every corner of the country, and uh, also uh, letterboxes. I had the joy to do some of that in Canberra myself on the weekend. Uh, so, yep, you talk about heavy lifting, donations to Vision Radio, heavy lifting of the Gospel of Luke was happening on the weekend as well, Neil. Well, I'm absolutely astounded. So 380,000 of those have already been delivered. Yes, Neil, it's, it's absolutely remarkable. They're beautiful books and they're a present. Uh, they're a gift from the ACL uh, to Australians and uh, when people see them, they'll be delighted by just the beautiful gold foil uh, trimming that, that uh, comes off the page and uh, it gets straight into the Gospel of Luke. It's not you know, encumbered with advertising or anything like that. Um, it's uh, just the Word of God that we're praying will land on good soil. Well, Dan, I know that, and listeners will be aware, that uh, over the last year or two, when we've been talking about this standing army of people, these volunteers that you've been able to mobilise in communities all around Australia, and uh, some people have thought, oh, that's just a political thing. Well, uh, here's something where your standing army, those wonderful team of volunteers you've been building over this time, have just done something magnificent. So 380,000 delivered already, so I guess 120,000 to go, but I guess you're on schedule to get those all out before Christmas well and truly. I think so, Neil. We may run out, but it's a good problem to have. So acl.org.au to find out more about that initiative. It is a significant one, the Gospel of Luke, delivered to half a million Australian homes. Uh, 380,000 tick the box. Hey, let's get into the heavy stuff, Dan. The religious discrimination bill, well, this is the week. I mean, waiting for this since the marriage vote, uh, 2017, it is here. Uh, It's close on the end of the year. It's not far from an election. Where do you see things at with the religious discrimination bill as it sits, as it's about to be tabled in the parliament? You're right, Neil. This, This is the week. Uh, and it will be uh, made available in the uh, Coalition Party Room in the morning. Um, the um, stakeholders involved, including ourselves, have been consulted widely, but have not yet seen a copy of the bill. Um, certainly, from what we know and the way we have been briefed, uh, the bill is shorn of some of the really important things that we hoped it would have, uh, principally protections of statements of belief uh, made outside the workplace, um, there was, uh, in the first two drafts, a, an endeavour to uh, protect the makers of 
public statements of faith from being subjected to discipline within their workplace, like happened to Israel Folau. So this bill wouldn't protect Israel Folau or anybody like him doing something similar. So we are quite disappointed about that, and we've let the government know about that. Uh, there, there are some positives in the bill, to be fair. Neil, the bill is a useful first start. It does provide some protections to Christian schools, uh, which is important. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, it, it does some work in, um, uh, I think, uh, signalling that uh, discrimination against people for their faith is wrong, that people's faith is precious to them and should be protected by legislation. And uh, this is a good starting point. Uh, but quite honestly, Neil, there's a lot more work to be done. And when this gets into a Senate inquiry, we will be making our views known on just how this bill should be improved. There are some positives, as you're saying, and I know listeners will be looking for a cue, looking for a signal from the Australian Christian lobby. I mean, uh, do we say it's a good bill? Uh, are we outraged that there's nothing in there that that fits with the Christian community, or are we taking some middle ground and just merely disappointed? And, uh, and so just uh, touching on some of those, uh, those flashpoints, those negatives in the bill, you mentioned one or two of those, but uh, employers and employees on uh, their private speech, you mentioned the Falau Clause. We've talked about that for a long, long time, the importance of having something like that for the protection of individuals. And uh, what you're saying, Dan, is... That's not likely to be in the bill, and so therefore people who are in their workplace are going to be at risk. Well, absolutely. So, you know, in terms of a signal from us, uh, we say, look, this is a good first start by the government, but uh, people of faith are still vulnerable in this country, and this bill is not going to solve that problem. Uh, It provides some minimal protection. Uh, If there was anything to highlight, it would be that it, Uh, It specifies that faith-based schools uh, can employ people according to their faith and it provides a mechanism in the bill to override any state legislation that would say otherwise. So that is is really the premier offering of the bill and that's a good thing. And so the bill, uh, we do support the bill, uh, but we are alive to the fact that it's really uh, a starting point and, uh, you know, uh, we are certainly disappointed to see those protections for speech gone. As I know, you know, um, hundreds of thousands of uh, your listeners, our supporters, will be concerned about that uh, because um, this protection of statements of belief, I mean, that's how you manifest your religion, by what you say, what you say on Facebook, uh, on Instagram, uh, that those statements uh, won't find protection in the bill is concerning. Uh, let's hope that the government... Uh, hears from us during the Senate process. Having said all of that, Neil, it'll go to the um, the party room tomorrow, quite possibly uh, into the House of Representatives on Wednesday. The bill may pass the lower house in the next couple of weeks and will then be headed off to a Senate inquiry, which is unlikely to be resolved before the federal election. So the bill may be parked in a Senate inquiry when the election comes. So much more campaigning for people to do uh, the deal is not done, um, and when the election comes, 
you know, really it's everything to fight for on these important issues. Yes, and uh, I think there's some sideline issues going on too with some backbenchers uh, rebelling against the idea of even voting on the bill because of issues around mandatory vaccinations. Uh, those ones to be monitored, you'll need to look into newspaper reports and things to keep up with all of those. Just before we move on from this though, Dan, uh, all very well talking about individual freedoms, but the increasing attacks on the ability of Christian schools to operate according to their ethos. Uh, that's also a bit of a negative and uh, looks like there could be some you know, court issues no doubt ahead as these sorts of things play out. Uh, the bill, how does, it, how does it look so far as protection for Christian schools? Look, um, it it's, uh, gives us some cause for hope. Um, we note that the Victorian legislation passed the lower house uh, last week uh, which would limit the right of Christian schools to uh, hire and fire uh, based on how Christian teachers are living the values. So that bill um, uh, has passed in Victoria. And the promise of the federal religious discrimination bill is that it um, may override the Victorian bill in part. It's a narrow override when you get into the detail, but certainly the federal government is signalling that it doesn't want the rights of Christian schools, faith-based schools, to be curtailed. And uh, that is to be applauded. Now, some listeners to our conversation today will be looking for the cue that comes from the Australian Christian Lobby. What do I do to take some action today? You've got a petition that you're wanting to present to uh, federal parliamentarians. Uh, What does that petition entail? We have a fantastic petition that almost 40,000 people have signed. It's a petition uh, that will be delivered to the Prime Minister. So the petition script is to him personally, calling on him to protect uh, uh, Christians uh, from religious discrimination. So I think we're at something like 39,300 signatures. We're looking for another 700. So if people uh, go online, uh, they will see this petition um, and it's... um, uh, it's under the heading, it's a free country. They'll find that on our website. 700 more people sign. We will bind that into a book and get that up to the Prime Minister's office in Canberra uh, either later this week or early next week. So we're excited about that and there can be no better time than to arm the Prime Minister with 40,000 signatures knowing that um, uh, the push for a religious discrimination bill, the protection of religious people is important to everyday people. That's what politicians need to know. It's called It's a Free Country, acl.org.au. And uh, talking about free countries and where the states fit under the federal legislation, uh, the Victorian Equal Opportunity Religious Exceptions Amendments Bill. This one, uh, for the third time, the Victorian government's attempted to pass these laws. Uh, What's happened more specifically, Dan, in Victoria? Well, what's actually happened specifically, this legislation is likely to pass in Victoria, given the numbers. What we did see happening that was very heartening was that the coalition, uh, the Liberal coalition, decided uh, to oppose this legislation, not just to uh, walk away from it when it was being voted on and to allow it to pass on the voices, but to actually stand up and be counted and to vote against it. So we have seen... Uh, for the first time in a little while, the Victorian Coalition actually stand up uh, for Christian values and to say that this law should not pass. So it does give an interesting point of differentiation uh, come the November 20, 
2022 election uh, when we see that the Victorian Coalition has actually taken a stand for Christian schools. Um, that's likely to be lost uh, in Victoria um, probably in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, the Victorian Coalition is saying uh, we represent an alternative, and that's good to see an alternative for voters. There's a breath of fresh air in there, hearing the Victorian opposition actually standing for something, uh, because yes. this bill will force religious schools and Christian organisations to hire staff who don't adhere to their religious beliefs and values. That's coming in Victoria, and therefore you could say it's like a watering down of what the Christian church and all of its various ministries stand for. Hey, let's skip. There's lots to talk about. Let's come to the Victorian Public Health and Wellbeing Amendment, the Pandemic Management Bill, because this one has been concerning for every single Australian, the way things look in Victoria. What's happening there, Dan? Well, there are these massive day and night protests, which is really phenomenal. And, um, you know, this is not about being anti-vax or anything like that. But it's, it's to do with uh, people standing up against uh, power being, you know, placed in the hands of one person, Daniel Andrews. So it's a, it's a largely peaceful protest, and that's very, very important. And what you'll see there is the, um, there's been an intervention by an MP, Adam Somerick, who was turned up to the parliament and uh, his presence there, he's been absent for about a year, his presence there may scotch the bill. Certainly Daniel Andrews appears to be listening and hopefully moderating the bill if it passes. Uh, the Prime Minister uh, <clears throat> has made a statement over the last few days saying that there should be no segregation between vaccinated and unvaccinated people. Uh, so this protest in Melbourne is getting noticed and um, you know it's very, very important, I think, that um, people do stand up for their freedoms because when freedoms fall, you know, religious freedom is all a part of that puzzle. Uh, so this is, um, these are good developments uh, in Melbourne uh, insofar as these protests are peaceful uh, and legal, uh, which, you know, overwhelmingly they are. And a developing war of words between the Victorian Premier Dan Andrews and the Prime Minister over the vaccination versus uh, non-vaccination uh, people. The Prime Minister saying that vaxxed and non-vaxxed should be able to have a cup of coffee whenever they want to. And, uh, and uh, that seems to me quite significant too because there's a whole issue around freedom uh, of uh, ordinary Australians and the rights uh, to equality for every Australian that is developing there. When you say those tens of thousands of protesters, and we've been seeing those images on our TV screens over the weekend, uh, somewhat misrepresented in the media, classifying everyone who turns out to protest this rise in authoritarianism as some sort of extremist anti-vaxxer. Any thoughts there on how people are being portrayed? <clears throat> Look, it's a complete distortion. And, you know, uh, the Victorians and uh, us as a nation have all been on some sort of social contract with the government. When we get to 80% vaxxed, uh, people uh, should be free to do as they wish. And that was the driver towards 80%. And the, it feels like the deception is that now we are beyond 80% and uh, all these draconian uh, provisions are being uh, put in place by state governments, uh, in particular Victoria, uh, who are saying to church pastors that they cannot have unvaccinated people in their church in 2022. So, um, you know, uh, the, the social contract that pushed us all to 80% uh, is effectively being breached 
and uh, it is the people who are turning up to these protests uh, overwhelmingly are people who are bravely taking a stand for their freedom, and that's important in a democracy. So it's good to see. And uh, in the war of words I mentioned between Dan Andrews and the Prime Minister, I note also that the Queensland Premier is also supporting the Victorian Premier in this uh, war of words against the Prime Minister and the idea of a division between vax and unvax. So if that gives any indication of where things are going there politically around the nation, it looks like Queensland is coming in behind Victoria. Hey, Dan, very quickly, the ACNC charity regulation, uh, there's been a little bit of a breakthrough here because uh, uh, you might like to just very briefly explain what's happening there, but a bit of a breakthrough. Uh, Yes, Neil, uh, very briefly, there was a provision by the government, the federal government, to say that a charity could be deregistered if it committed a summary offence, in other words, a minor offence, that related to to someone's personal injury or any other impairment of an individual's health. In other words, you know, a psychological uh, injury or, you know, hurt feelings even. So we have lobbied hard with Michael Suker uh, to say that uh, this needs amending. uh, And we certainly accept that if a summary offence occurs that causes personal injury, that could give grounds for a charity to be deregistered, but certainly not if they hurt someone's feelings. People who are in Christian advocacy, like the Australian Christian Lobby, for example, um, people can say, well, you've hurt my feelings because I disagree with what you said. So we didn't want that vulnerability, and this applies to many charities. Fortunately, the government uh, is making a change, and uh, One Nation uh, have uh, been in consultation uh, with the federal government and said, look, we will only support your regulation, provided you... Uh, make this change that has been requested uh, by the ACL and others. So that's a great development. Uh, It's breaking news uh, this morning. We're glad to see it. Okay, there's a little bit of good news in amongst all of this heavy stuff we're talking about. Just very quickly, uh, running out of time, but the New South Wales Euthanasia Bill, uh, that debate uh, in New South Wales continuing this week. Uh, Yes, it does continue this week. Uh, Look, it doesn't look great. Uh, in the lower house, uh, it appears that uh, Alex Greenwich has the numbers uh, to pass the bill in the lower house, uh, certainly at the what they call the second reading stage. It will then go into a committee stage and won't finally be resolved until next year. Uh, so, yeah, uh, prayers uh, uh, you know, are still very valuable at this stage. Well, uh, thanks so much for an update on some pretty significant issues. And for listeners who want to find out more detail about these issues, uh, there are articles and there are resources on the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au. That's acl.org.au. There is that petition too you can sign insofar as the religious discrimination bill that's likely to be tabled this week. Dan Flynn is the Deputy Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan, thanks so much for an important update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and thank you to your listeners. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.